Hello and welcome to Apartment 29A. I'm Shosh. And I'm Megan. And we're two best friends who have a lot to say. This week, we are going to drink cucumber mint tea by the Republic of Tea while we discuss the podcast, Strict Scrutiny, the book series or trilogy, The Nevernight Chronicles by Jay Kristoff. And we'll end by talking about things we just can't stop thinking about this week, which is hormone levels and then a concert that Shosh is going to get to go to. We'll save the surprise at the end for who she's going to see. Shosh, what do you think of cucumber mint tea? I really like it, actually. It's kind of refreshing. I think Mm -hmm. I get the mint more than anything else, really. Mm -hmm. But that's not a problem for me. I'm a fan of mint, so that like I said that that works the mm-hmm. cucumbers a bit of an aftertaste I think this would be really nice to try iced as well because mm-hmm. that was a recommendation on the packaging I feel like it could be a good iced tea because again it has that sort of slightly refreshing kind of quality to it mm-hmm. what do you think I agree uh, the t- steeping time said for a minute and I ignored that entirely and I have no idea how long I steeped it for and I will say I think maybe cutting that down and starting in a minute or at least closer to one minute might have been better because the white tea of this in mine is very biting and a bit bitter. Um, And I like biting and bitter, but not so much with my like spearmint and cucumber. (laughs) So Mm. I I do really like it, but I do think I uh, maybe steeped it too long. Like the, the white tea flavor is real strong. I also ignored the steeping time because I was like, a minute. (laughs) Right. Don't steep in a minute but then I forgot about it because I started talking with you so <laughs> it, it would be interesting to compare because I was originally like that's not enough time no way mm-hmm. but maybe you're right maybe we would get more of the cucumber mm-hmm. and stuff like maybe more of the other flavors would come out if we did it for less time yeah I hadn't really considered that yeah but it's good. I would definitely drink it again. Definitely drink it iced. It's very nice. Yeah. This agreed. was actually a cute little sample pack. So when you order from the Republic of Tea, they will often offer you for like just two or three dollars, a sample pack of maybe like five. Um, and so you can really, you can try it a few times for like just a couple dollars instead of um having to buy the whole thing or buying one of their actual sampler packs which I do enjoy but sometimes just getting to try one tea is kind of nice so it's a nice little deal if you want to be one of their I don't know I think they have some sort of membership that's free but then you get these cute little perks yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. it's much better that way because then you're not stuck with a bunch of tea because we've done that I've bought whole boxes of tea and then either you know thought it was just fine or liked it but not enough to really put it in my regular drinking rotation and I'm like what am I gonna do with all these boxes of tea (laughs) yeah it's a lot of tea yeah yes what do you mean you buy tea just to try (laughs) show you don't have a problem we have a podcast that's right Going on the mug. Going on the mug. Yep. (laughs) So our podcast this week is Strict Scrutiny. This is one of the uh, Crooked Media podcasts. There we go. I was like the Pod Podcast. (laughs) 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 
the Crooked Media Podcast. Uh, this is all about the Supreme Court. I think Shosha has been listening to this longer than I have. This was maybe my second or third episode. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how many I've listened to, but I started listening when it came over to Crooked Media. So I'm not sure who hosted it before, but it was already an existing podcast that Crooked just made part of their family. I'm not really sure what's happening at Crooked Media, but it's kind of exciting. It feels like they're sort of expanding right now. They've brought Mm -hmm. on a few podcasts that have actually, that aren't new podcasts but they've just brought them into the crooked family it feels like maybe they're expanding a bit which is sort of exciting mm-hmm. um so you know, yeah. they need a podcast on tea books and podcasts we are welcome <laughs> we are more than willing to negotiate a discussion about joining the crooked media just saying right? <laughs> yeah maybe we could just pitch them a book podcast there you go right there you go. although they would probably want us to be reading like <laughs> I don't know more educational well, we read books. Ben Rhodes like, books we talked about true ben Rhodes book yeah. I know but I don't know if our YA <laughs> addiction is really on brand <laughs> translate well to crooked media details <laughs> we could win them over yeah, we could totally win them over. Um, anyways, so, <laughs> <That's a strict> scrutiny. <laughs> so once I found out that they brought this over, I kind of trust Crooked Media as a company for their podcasts. It doesn't mean I love every single one they put out, but you know, I sort of trust that it's at least worth a listen if they're telling me that it's you know mm-hmm. part of their sort of community. Standard. Right. So I started listening to it and I actually really like it. It is, so it's run or hosted, I guess I should say, by three uh, women law professors. And you can tell that they're very smart, but they're also really funny. They get along really well together. Sometimes the stuff they're talking about is a little bit over my head. Just Me because too. I'm glad they, you said that. <laughs> yeah, because they do often talk about specific cases or kind of how to interpret the law but they do it in a way that it doesn't turn me off from listening to it it's just sometimes I'm like I don't fully understand what you're talking about here (laughs) (laughs) this is like a little bit take it home and ask Amir like so they said this they said this thing today did that mean anything to you (laughs) I don't I don't think that I've done that yet. Actually, no, I think I did do that once. I think I did ask him a question about it once because I was like, I don't really understand what's happening and I'm curious about this. And I've only done it once, but actually the episode that we just listened to for today, I sent him because the whole reason I was like, Megan, let's do this podcast this week was because they had this one amazing part that I loved and was making me laugh. And so I was like, Amir, you must listen to this. And he did, and he actually enjoyed it. So he doesn't usually listen to podcasts. So I try not to send him too much stuff, but it's really enjoyable. It talks about all things Supreme Court in all the ways. So obviously, you know, they've talked about Stephen Breyer retiring. They've talked about Katanji Brown Jackson getting you know, appointed to the Supreme Court. They talk about specific cases that they're going to hear, things that are happening, you know, when Clarence Thomas and his wife get involved in things in the news. So it's literally like all things about the Supreme Court. So I don't know. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's not like there are times where I just let it kind of wash over me. Even in this episode, there was like, I don't know, some discussion of a trial with the name Dickerson I was like okay sure and 
but I really enjoy the banter between the hosts. So in this episode towards the end, I can't remember. It's like one of the judges said something about like a muskrat. So one of them talked about the, like, I think my fellow Americans, maybe this, a movie where there was a muskrat issue or song or something. And she was like, that's all I could hear. All I could think about. And her co-host was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Like there was a distinct pause and was like, that that's really interesting and not at all related and thank you for sharing okay <laughs> <Moving on. laughs> and I just I enjoyed I enjoyed those like little things um and they have a way of being fairly self-deprecating which is funny yeah I like you said I think like letting it wash over you is a good way to explain it because there are those times where like I said it's kind of over my head but because of the way they present it I never feel like I said frustrated by that like I shouldn't be listening or can't be listening so when they mention cases and things that I have no idea what they are obviously I know I'm missing things but it still makes me because of the way they talk about it in such an intelligent way but still while kind of having fun, mm-hmm. I, I really like it. And it makes me feel better, I don't know, and more informed about what's going on at the Supreme Court. Because mm-hmm. there is so much happening. And obviously you hear some of the highlights in the regular news, but it's just nice to hear them sort of have conversations about it and break things down. In this episode that we just listened to, at the end part where they were talking about some of the current decisions that was kind of the part that really sort of lost me because that felt Mm -hmm. very you know more in-depth more I'm now in law professor mode even though they had Mm -hmm. the funny antics like like what you were just discussing but that was the part where it kind of I mean lost me a little bit again it was fine to listen to but I was sort of like this is so this is a lot but up until I mean they were talking about concurrent things and I was like oh that must be the ruling that's on the side of the real ruling okay (laughs) (laughs) you're like yeah if you you say so right we've gotten into the weeds about things that I do not know (laughs) right um but yeah a lot of it though I really liked especially when they sort of like dig into some of it because even in sort of that end part they were talking about a case about Miranda rights and I thought might have yeah. been the part with the Dickerson thing mm-hmm, and I was. didn't so so there was like parts that I definitely went over my head but there were still really important things that kind of stood out to me about it I mean first of all just in general I had no idea that the Supreme Court was hearing anything about Miranda rights so I was just right. like oh wow this is new information in general but it was really interesting because they were calling back to Justice Scalia who is not a justice that we like he's very conservative <laughs> but it was interesting because they were pulling out how even his views on the Miranda rights had changed and even though he was basically apparently anti-Miranda as apparently most of the conservatives are which I didn't know I didn't even really know that this was like a debate or a thing but apparently a lot of what what is Miranda inhibiting that's what I'd like to know but that's neither here nor there right so so like I said I didn't even know that this was a thing or a discussion or anything so I was kind of shocked that this is a case and to find out that most conservatives apparently are anti-Miranda But they were saying that even Scalia sort of 
like changed his views and noticed that it had become basically sort of mainstream because Mm -hmm. of things like the Miranda rights being on TV shows and Mm -hmm. movies. And so while he maybe would interpret the constitution slightly differently, he realized that it had become something else and that it was important to keep it, even though, because he was, if I, if I remember correctly, he was one of the people who believes you should strictly interpret the constitution rather than using it more as a guideline and taking current events and situations in you know into consideration Mm -hmm. so I think he was like a strict sort of textualist but in this case he recognized that it had become something else and so I thought that was super interesting to sort of see the history and also how some of the justices were bringing up Scalia to try Mm -hmm. to remind them sort of even strict conservatives in the past have recognized how important it is so Mm -hmm. I don't know that was crazy and super interesting yeah yeah that part was super interesting just because they were they kind of focused on the fact that the case itself was focusing on things that may not even matter but the goal was just to find something that did that mattered and then you could apply something that mattered to something that didn't matter and make it matter so that you could change things and I was like Oh, that's lawyer talk right there. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sometimes that's so frustrating, though. I mean, I'm sure it happens on both sides, and it just happens to be that the conservatives are trying to, you know, come out ahead in this or whatever. And obviously, for the most part, we will always be on the more liberal side. So, you know, but I'm sure everybody does it but it's so frustrating because you want to be like why is it like this like why can't Mm -hmm. things just be straightforward why are we Mm -hmm. always constantly trying to poke holes in these things and again because we probably are on the opposite side it feels wrong but if if it was you know the side that we agreed with trying to do we'd probably be like yeah poke holes in this awful law or whatever so I get that it, it depends it depends on your viewpoints obviously but yeah this podcast also taught me that in Ohio, because they gerrymandered all these maps and then didn't fix it, now they just get to use their gerrymandered maps because the court there is like, well, it's too late. And I was so mad. Which is so like, frustrating. You wouldn't just use the original maps? Like, you would use the gerrymandered ones? Why? Well, it's so frustrating because for so many reasons. One is you're basically saying if you just don't follow the rules and then you just keep not following the rules and you just get what you want. Right. And then, and then there's the no out. repercussions. Because like you said, yeah. at a minimum, why wouldn't you continue to use the original maps and just yeah. say until you can, you know, get new ones, you have to then yeah. stick with the old ones. That like makes way more sense. I have no idea if the old ones are good, but I'm just saying. But that's not what? the point. The yeah. point is that you haven't met the current requirements, right. so you shouldn't be allowed to use it. Yes. Also, it's so frustrating because I heard on another podcast I want to say the daily, but I could be wrong because I can't really remember now because I listened to too many, but they were talking about how in New York, the Democrats basically, okay, this is a very broad generalization, but in general, the Republicans are known for more partisan gerrymandering and the Democrats are known to typically try to be more fair. Again, you'll always get some of everything, (laughs) well, but because- the Republicans have done it so much this time around New York was like okay well then we're gonna do it too yep. and so they did but their courts have said no this is too partisan you have to redo it we're gonna push back the election so they can't get away with it 
Whereas in Ohio, with the more conservative court, they're like, no, you can just use yours. It's fine. And that's what I don't understand. I'm like, you recognize it's wrong, but you're going to let them do it. It's kind of similar to this, to part of the case in Florida that threw out the mask mandate where she literally said, oh, I recognize that wearing a mask actually is beneficial for society, but because you didn't give them 12 weeks to comment on it, we're not like, you have to throw this law out excuse me you know it was the right thing to do but because we didn't give america 12 weeks to jump on board oh i'm sorry we just gave them over a year to jump on board and they didn't like come on also in the middle of a health emergency <laughs> yes well so the part if I about know the... It's the right thing to do why do i have to get you to jump on board this is the right thing to do right is right at some point <laughs> right for the greater good but no you brought up the mask mandate thing that was actually the section of the podcast that made me want to discuss it this week so they were talking about in florida the judge who was a trump appointee who is really young and has been deemed by the american bar association as unqualified so we have essentially an unqualified judge yeah how do you where in what other career field do you get certified by the standard in the field as unqualified and get to continue to work? Right. I do not. I was Nowhere. Like, what? Have you passed your medical boards? No, then you can't be a doctor. Right. I was just like, I do like, and if you, like, if you did pass your boards, but then the medical field called you unqualified, they would get sued for malpractice and that that doctor would never get to work again right i mean but that's for everything do you have your certification to drive a forklift no you're unqualified then you can't drive the forklift right and if you do and you like can't do it well you're not going to get a job like it's just so weird to me that like you would get this unqualified rating and still get an appointed appointee and to like such an important position well, apparently, again, from one of the many podcasts I listened to, which I don't remember which one, they were saying that actually most of the Republican Party in Congress, or at least a bunch of them, didn't actually even like her, but they just pushed her through anyways because it was a mm-hmm. Trump judge and it like, you know, fits their overall sort of scheme. So half of the Republicans weren't even happy with her. She was deemed unqualified. And yet they're still like, eh, sure, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I don't, I do not understand how this works. So, okay, continue what you were saying. (laughs) Yes, this unqualified judge, who is a Trump appointee, was the one who looked at this case about the mask mandate, and she determined that the CDC could not have a mask mandate because of a single word and the definition of the word sanitize, and she argued that because masks don't actually like clean something because the definition of sanitize is to clean something even though masks do keep things clean by keeping germs away because it's not actively cleaning therefore they can't do it and they've basically misused their powers and so what if it we was created a, ma- a mask where when you breathe in the air gets cleaner well, Could we then the part- have a mask mandate then? Right, right. But this is the part where it was like so amazing because they were talking about like textualization and extreme textualization. And it was so amazing because they were like, 
if you take everything literally to the definition, like then everything gets messed up. Because they were talking about like, for example, the word like exercise. And if you look that up, it literally says like an activity that raises your heartbeat or something like that. Right. And so if you say like in a contract or something like exercise your right to do whatever, you're like, okay, well then clearly like the whole meaning is now completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And they were they, like, they were pointing out for a lot of things too. Like, I can't remember what the other word was, but they were talking about a practice. word. Practice yes, practice. Word. <laughs> and they were like, you have to do it multiple times and stuff. And so they were like, oh, so you can do a little bit of racism, <laughs> yes. but you can't do like a lot of racism and different things. If you take these words like so specifically. Uh-huh. And then no, they were talking. was my favorite one. I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> right? But it's true. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And they were talking about if you use the definition that the judge used for this mask, manitize, mask mandate for sanitize, she was saying like under that then you could argue that like nurses and doctors don't have to wear masks and gloves during surgery or they mm-hmm. were saying you know that people about spitting in food at restaurants yeah. because it doesn't cleaner. keep anything clean so you you know you can't have all of these rules if you use that strict definition and you're like but that's absurd of course your doctors and nurses should be wearing masks and gloves of course, you do not want people working in food to spit in your stuff. You want it to be kept clean. And so it's so ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the conversation. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, that part made me laugh, especially the practicing. Like you can, because practice, you know, definitions like to try something over and over again until you get it right. So when you're practicing, racism you know you're okay because you are trying to get it right <laughs> and I was like oh it's so bad and so That's what I mean. the, whole, the whole thing is so ridiculous mm-hmm. but like their conversation about it and how they pointed it out and you know we're talking about extreme textualization and everything was just that part was amazing I mean it's sad that you even have to have that conversation because it is so mm-hmm. ridiculous but which is why I mean I'm guessing that probably the government will win the case that's challenged this I don't think that that will necessarily change the fact that the mask mandate is gone now because I right. think you know I've heard listened to some discussion about it and it's sort of like winning the the war rather than the battle so they sort yeah. of need to like preserve the right for the future but now that it's gone it's kind of like that ship has sailed and you're probably not going to be able to walk it back correct so I understand that and I mean, I think, I think it's right to challenge it because I think otherwise in the future, you know, you know, heaven forbid, we need to put another mask mandate in place. But, you know, if you have a new variant or a few years down the, the line, something else pops up and then you're like, okay, well now because of this unqualified judge, we don't even have the ability to put these things in place when needed. Yeah. All in all, I really enjoy it. Like I said, it's an intelligent podcast you know, that's the hosts are their, their sort of interactions and they're, they're, they're sort of funny and, and everything kind of help, help make it, I don't know, digestible. Cause it is kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy the podcast. I find it a really good one to listen to while I am at work, because if I'm listening to something and just letting it wash over me, I don't have to be focused on it. I can just 
you know, have it on in the background while I'm doing other things. So it's nice for that. And then if something of importance does come up, I can pause it and be like, okay, hold on. I do really care about that part. So I, I highly suggest it. Definitely. All right. Should we talk about Nevernight Chronicles? Yes. Yay. Yeah. Should I read the back, back of the jacket first? Yes, definitely. Okay. In a land where three sons almost never set, a fledgling killer joins a school of assassins seeking vengeance against the powers who destroyed her family. Daughter of an, of an executed traitor, Mia Corvere is barely able to escape her father's failed rebellion with her life. Alone and friendless, she hides in a city built from the bones of a dead god, hunted by the Senate and her father's former comrades. But her gift for speaking with the shadows leads her to the door of a retired killer and a future she never imagined. Now, Mia is apprenticed to the deadliest flock of assassins in the entire Republic, the Red Church. If she bests her fellow students in contests of steel, poison, and the subtle arts, she'll be inducted among the blades of the Lady of Blessed Murder and one step closer to the vengeance she desires. But a killer is loose within the church halls, the bloody secrets of Mia's past return to haunt her, and a plot to bring down the entire congregation is unfolding in the shadows she so loves. Will she even survive to initiation, let alone to have her revenge? Oh, it's so good. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to read to find out. This was a shosh pick for me, at least. Um, but I've come to understand that it's because of Litjoy. <laughs> yes. So this is a surprising pick. For anyone who's been listening, they will know that I don't typically like sort of dark reads. I'm a very happy ever after love story rainbows you know like happy things for the most part that being said we have been reading some stuff that I might not have picked up normally and I've been liking it and this falls into that category so this is a three book set Nevernight, God's Grave, and Dark Dawn and I wanted to read them because I had been seeing them everywhere already. So, you know, anytime you start seeing stuff pop up either on like bestseller lists a lot or all over Bookstagram, it really always makes me curious. Like I want to know why all these people like it so much. So I was a little bit curious about it anyways, but I hadn't really picked it up because it is kind of dark until LitJoy, which is one of my favorite companies came out with or announced they were coming out with a special edition boxed set and it has like 650 or more annotations from the author and I always really like author annotations so I was like oh I wonder if I should think about this but I was like I'm not gonna spend the money on a special edition without even knowing if I like the books so I was like let's just let's just read this if you, you know if you're up for it so we decided to, and when it first started, I mean, I, it wasn't that I didn't like it, but it definitely is kind of dark. So I was kind of like, uh, whoa. But by the end of the first book, I was fully invested and it is really good. It is really dark. Like you should have a warning. There's like some gross things. Oh, there's like yeah. a lot of death, 
there's gore. I mean, it's about a, an assassin. So. Yeah, yeah. But but I'm just saying, like, you should be prepared. There yeah. is all of that stuff that I typically, you know, that I don't typically grab gravitate towards that sort of thing. But that being said, the writing is really good. The mm-hmm. characters are really good. The story is really good. There's some things that are just so well done. The narrator in this is sort of like its own character and will talk directly to the reader. Yeah, he breaks the fourth wall, so to speak. Yeah. And it, I really, really, really enjoyed how that was done. Just that, yeah. again, it, it was like not narrated by your main character. So it's like mm-hmm. completely separate. And then also, again, the way that there are the interactions between, you know, the reader and the narrator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, I think I, I could be mistaken because. I listened to the book. You did also? Yes, I did. By the time you get to the third book, the the narrator makes fun of himself for having end notes or what's the other word for footnotes. that? Footnotes. Footnotes. Thank you. And so I imagine that what we call like in listening to it with the breaking of the fourth wall so often, I think is him reading the footnotes to us. Possibly. And, but I had no clue and we loved that that part, right? But I just, I think, cause I was like footnotes, what is he? Oh, I bet every time he's like, dear reader. And he tells you a little bit about like the thing he just talked about or is going to talk about. Those are in the footnotes that they read. So the audio is like really well done. Cause you had no, I I had no idea. No idea. Until he made fun of him, of himself. Like the author, it's obvious. Like the author is making fun of himself because people have given him a hard time for having so many footnotes but read the footnotes or just listen to the audio because they're awesome (laughs) the audio was really great so the I feel like this is totally off the top of my head that the narrator is named Holter Graham and I haven't had listened to anything else by him and it's one of those where I'm not sure I would necessarily go out searching for stuff that he's narrated but I think it was the perfect choice of narrator for these books mm-hmm. because the way that it was done especially with those interactions with the the reader and also the way he sort of did some of the voices or the different parts was like like I said it was just very fitting so I think you know what I mean I wouldn't say he's like my favorite narrator of all time but I think it was like a very good choice for these books so Mm -hmm. the audio worked really well agreed I also really liked I'm not gonna tell you anything about it because I don't want to spoil but there's a character called Mr. Kindly (laughs) and I love him Mm -hmm. he's the best there's also (laughs) later on again I don't want to give any anything away but there's some interactions with another character that are amazing mm-hmm. that develop in the later books between Mr. Kindly yep yeah Mr. Kindly is interesting because like there are a couple times throughout the series where you're like is he doing something you don't want him to do is that like <laughs> you're like yeah. I'm pretty sure he's good but maybe he's gone bad and you're just so and you're like whose yeah. side are you on exactly and like one time I was like, I know what he's doing. Just, just go with it. Just go with it. Like talking to Mia, who's the main, main character. But the couple other times I was like, um, Mr. Kindly, what are you doing? <laughs> yep. So yep. there's really good characters in this. 
oh, there's one character also that kind of breaks my heart. Again, I don't want to give anything away, so I don't want to tell the whole story, but it's just the things you do for love, I guess, is all I can say, and it just, amazing. That's all. I don't know. Without without giving anything away, I can't really say more, but no, amazing. You know, it's just, it's one of those characters where when you meet them, I don't know, you're kind of not sure about them at the beginning, and then you really like them, and then you're like, what is happening? And then you're like, oh my gosh, yes. And then you're like, oh my God, now I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole progression of the whole books. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Ew. Oh, that's so good. Oh, oh. tears. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Basically basically so so come back to us once you've read it we'll see if you had the same experience with that character (laughs) right but these have really great reviews on goodreads obviously more ratings for the first book you know they always drop off in in series but they all have really good ratings over four and Mm -hmm. i rated them all five stars not sure what where you were at I actually gave the third book four stars not because it wasn't good but I think my expectations for it after the first two books was just so high and then it just didn't surprise me as much as the first two books did it got four stars but I would have given it four and a half except for those aren't that's not possible on Goodreads Um, but still like really worth it like no reason not to read the third book by any means just what I anticipated happening happened Happened. and it's great like in the greater how you get there you like you know the ending you're not sure what the end how you're going to get there um and how you're going to get there was still really good just not as epic as I was expecting I think awesome but I would definitely recommend for sure for sure definitely read them this author has a lot of other books as well I haven't seen them around as much as the Nevernight Chronicles but I don't know, might be worth checking out some of the other stuff if we're up for some more. I have a feeling all of it will be a bit kind of on the dark side. I could be wrong, but Mm -hmm. I just have a feeling that that probably is the author's sort of style. Well, did he also, or did he write the Illuminae trilogy? I think it's a trilogy. Not sure. Oh yeah, he did with uh, Amy Kaufman. And they also wrote the Aurora Rising trilogy which I haven't read but it became a movie that was not very good (laughs) I haven't seen the movie yet because I was like "Mm, I want to read the book before I see this thing that like critics were like wah wah (laughs) I don't think I know anything about that but but Illuminae is really good and I keep meaning to go back to read the rest of them uh so yeah I'm looking at it now and they have really good ratings yeah. So if you want oh, to, yeah. I would like reread that one with you and then read the others because there's even, two more that I haven't read on. Even the Aurora Rising has really, really good ratings. I wonder if they just yeah. botched the movie. Yeah. I have the book to read. I just haven't read it. And then when the movie, because I read it because the movie was coming out and then and it was like all up my alley and I was like, yes. And then the movie got bad reviews and I was like, well, I still want to read the book, <laughs> but I just haven't done it. Yeah, so maybe we should add some of these to our list. Yes, but let's start with Illuminae because it's really good. And then I can read books two and three. Okay. (laughs) 
Sounds good. I'm trying to decide. Illuminate though might be one. Like we can listen to it, but reading it is really fun because like the actual, like the way in which the text is provided is sometimes very unique, like mm. in like a circle fashion for, and there'll be a oh. purpose for it. Yeah. Which you don't That's get fun. when you read it, but it, you don't need it per se, but I, cause I listened to it and then looked at someone's book and was like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> Okay, so maybe, yeah, maybe that's an actual read one. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell us about hormone loss? Yeah. So I was listening to a podcast, surprise, surprise, uh, called Food Psych, and I'd never listened to it before. And I caught it in a, in a week where instead of continuing the next episode, they were like, hey, we're taking a week off. Here's one of our most requested episodes from the past. Great, since it's all new to me, perfect. And within it, I mean, the, the podcast itself, I think talks about, oh shoot, there's a type of eating that they talk about, like a diet that's not a diet. Um, the word will come to me or maybe it won't, we'll see. Anyway, doesn't matter. The whole point of the podcast is essentially to help people stop fat shaming people. Um, and to become more comfortable with, to have a healthier relationship with food and with eating in general. And one of the things I talked about was COVID and weight, uh, because I guess, and I didn't know this, but I guess if you look at some media um, during COVID, there were a lot, there was enough to make people uncomfortable uh, implications that if you were overweight, that you were more likely to die from COVID. That particular statistic. I heard that. Yeah. So that's been debunked. That is not true. Um, but what they talked about in general, like in general, not COVID specific, was the fact that when you start to hit, when most people hit 40 and they start to get older, um, your hormones level drop, hormone levels drop. This is the same for men and women. Um, but of course for women with menopause, it's a big part of the process. And what tends to happen is that both women and men get this kind of ring of excess fat around their, around their, like your stomach area. And for many years, doctors have been saying that that is bad and you should keep it off and blah, blah, blah. Well, there've been studies both with COVID, but also with other disorders that actually indicate that having some of that is a benefit. It's actually keeping people healthier. And the nutrition research currently indicates that they think that's where the body is storing the few hormones that we do have, and that's where they pull it from. So it's actually really healthy to have a little bit of that, you know, gut, for lack of a better term, um, because it's keeping you it's keep it's giving your body the resources it needs when you get sick to fight those resources uh and that's just a totally new way to, for me to think about body health particularly as you get older um obviously you know there's probably a point where some is too much i guess but that none is obviously bad um and so it's just like i just can't stop thinking about the health standards and what probably actually is healthy versus what the standards are 
that are not necessarily geared towards health <laughs> they're well, geared yeah, towards because... some visual <laughs> well yeah because everything's so negative about being overweight and you know guts and there's so much about dieting and mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's like okay well what about what's good for you because mm-hmm. clearly there's like a whole missing piece here not to mention you know we've talked about especially from the maintenance phase podcast we've talked about you know all of these things that can lead to like body image issues and different things which can lead to other really unhealthy things mm-hmm. like you yeah. know different eating disorders or you know different things about your confidence or your mental health all this different stuff and you're like okay but some of that you can't help and some of that is natural and some of that is important and some of that Mm -hmm. is you know keeping you healthy yeah and that that's the last part that I don't think we talk about enough is that some of it's keeping you healthy like that if you can survive COVID because you have an extra inch around your gut that's better than dying (laughs) (laughs) right like well we need to be talking about the fact that maybe you need that and we need to start thinking about what the body physique should look like for health right you know I don't know I just feel like there's like so many there's just like so much stuff telling you out there always to change how you're looking you're getting older you need to look younger you're younger you want to look older you need to be skinny you need to be you know tan you need to be like just all of these different things and it's like can't we all just be happy you know in ourselves and you know age gracefully and Mm -hmm. you know like we don't need plastic surgery and Mm -hmm. all of these different things Mm -hmm. like I mean it is harder getting older I mean we totally get that you're like oh I have a wrinkle now (laughs) (laughs) I have this new spot that I didn't have before Mm -hmm. but then you're like all right but I've lived my life like this is just part of you know it's part of life and so probably after we have menopause we're gonna gain some weight I mean that's just a thing yeah like yeah that might kind of suck at the time because you're like oh this isn't the size that I used to be right but But to imagine but to think of that as healthy right instead of thinking that about it as all of a sudden I'm, I'm unhealthy. Right. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. We need more yeah. like, <laughs> it's okay to get older. It's okay mm-hmm. to, you know, have different yeah. body types and right. you can Not still only be beautiful with gray hair. Yeah. Oh yes, for sure. Just all And the it's things. called intuitive eating. Oh, okay. It's a, the podcast is led by a woman named Christy Harrison she calls herself an intuitive eating dietitian, anti-diet author. Like <laughs> all of her books are about an anti-diet. So I dig that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I hope that everyone could eat well and be healthy, but like, I am not a fan of diets, especially, right. I mean, I already felt that way before we had listened to some of these things, like the maintenance phase, the ones we were talking about and stuff, but just knowing about how that plays into people's self-image and how people like starve themselves and make themselves mm-hmm. so unhealthy and how it can lead to all these eating disorders and just, just everything. I am. Yeah. I am not a fan of the, of diets yeah. really. Yeah. So. so show us, you want to tell us who you're going to get to see in concert? Yes. I'm so excited. So the thing I can't stop thinking about, which is 
I mean, so technically I was thinking about it before, but I really just can't <laughs> stop thinking about it today. And that's because I'm going to get to see George Ezra, which apparently nobody knows who that is. <laughs> I was so excited. I told my mom and my mom, was like, my mom was like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, let me just play you a little bit of some of the most popular songs. And she was like, I still have no idea who this is. And I was like, how is this happening to me? And then I was like, Megan, George Ezra. And she's like, I don't know who this is. And I was like, dang it. I didn't realize that it was like somebody kind of obscure. So for anyone who doesn't know who George Ezra is, you should definitely go and listen because it is worthwhile. I love him. But the reason I say I was thinking about it before is he has a new album coming out, which I'm very excited about, but only two songs have been released yet. But so he has a tour coming up. So I knew that well I had seen that it was coming and I looked for tickets and I couldn't find any available except for out of this festival in Denmark and I was like besides the fact that it's in Denmark and I might not want to travel that far I'm not really into this whole giant festival thing so I was like I'm not I'm that's not really my scene right now so I was like okay I guess I'm not going because there was only a couple tickets on resale and they were like 500 pounds and I was like I am not paying that much to go to a concert like it's not happening so I was like all right I guess I'm just not going but I'm on George Esther's mailing list and randomly today there was an email and it was like get your tickets now tickets on sale and I was like I thought these were all sold out so either most of the tickets actually hadn't been released or he added a bunch of new like dates and stuff but I was like okay I'll guess I'll look and there were actually tickets so I was able to get some and I am super pumped because I love George Ezra so much and I can't wait to go. And I didn't think I was going to get to go. And then amazingly <laughs> out of nowhere, I'm getting to. And I just have to say, Amir is like the best sport because literally he, I mean, he knows who George Ezra is sort of, but he doesn't really listen to George Ezra. And I'm just he's like, more like me. I know the music. <laughs> he, he's, I'm like, we have to go to this. And he's like, what? And I was like, we have to go to this. Can I get these tickets? And he just humors me because I was so excited. He's like, okay, whatever. So thank, I'm thankful for Amir and him indulging me. Same thing when I got that second set of six tickets, actually, and the first set of six tickets. So <laughs> thank you, Amir, for Yay. allowing me to be ridiculous. But I am so pumped. I haven't been to like an actual concert in so long. And I'm so excited because I really love George Ezra. And I just can't believe that I'm going to get tickets. Also, nice. I'm such an old lady because some of the tickets were standing. And I was like, oh, no, I'm too old. I need a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're probably going to stand anyway. But just having the ability to sit down makes life yeah. so much better especially like before it starts and stuff. I don't know. I, like you said, just having the ability makes it better. I don't want to be forced to stand. Agreed. But I was laughing because I'm like, yep, I'm old. <laughs> I need a seat. <laughs> so that's my excitement. That is exciting. Yeah, I mean, and once I listened to his music, I knew who he was, but I just didn't know who he was. I just knew the music. <laughs> well, I thought that's what was going to happen with my mom. I was like, oh, right. if I just play this little bit of these, you know, most popular songs, you will 100% know who this is. And she basically thought I was crazy. 
And then after Megan didn't know, it occurred to me that because he is British, it's possible <laughs> that while I didn't realize it, it was maybe a bit more popular here than in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I definitely know right. his music has been in the U.S., but I just mean yeah. it didn't really occur to me that perhaps in this instance, maybe my location actually played <laughs> a part of this. A bit of a so. role, yeah, at least in saying his name, because while I know the music, I've, it's never you know, I've just listened to it, like, it's come up on Spotify a few times, but Spotify doesn't announce the, you know, (laughs) the singer-songwriter, it just plays the songs for you, it says, you probably will like this, and I'm like, yes, Spotify, you are not wrong. (laughs) Well, that's what I mean, so anybody who doesn't know George Ezra, just go find his playlist, and just listen to it, and you will, you will enjoy it. I also really, really enjoy, if you look at a picture of him, he does not look like what you would expect for his voice and there's something about that that's just like really fun and appealing I don't know why but I just love that like the voice somehow doesn't match the person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean it's his voice so it does but you know what I mean yes. it's just like when you hear him without knowing what he looks like you mm-hmm. would never picture what he actually looks like because mm-hmm. he's well I don't want to ruin it everyone <laughs> should just go look listen first and then go go look. I don't want to ruin mm-hmm. it for people because it is kind of like, I don't know. It I is mean, it's, it's silly, but it's just like kind of a fun little thing because you're like, yeah. wait a second, that does not compute. Yep. So. But. Well, if you listen to George Ezra or the Psych Food Psych podcast or Strict Scrutiny, or you have read anything by Jay Kristoff, let us know. You can contact us at apartment29a on Instagram or apt29a at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would definitely love to hear from you. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.